Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. I'm calling to complain about your website that doesn't exist. Long story short, we've been in the works to get our new corporate website up for the last two years. This weekend was the day, and at midnight, Eastern Standard Time, on 1231, I pulled the ability to get to our old website and threw in a temp landing page while the new hosts worked their magic. Today, we're fielding calls telling people who didn't read the four or five emails explaining the outage, when to expect service to be back up, and the changes the new website brings, showing people how to get these updates, etc. We'll call this client Karen who had two years to complete courses on our website to get her ethics compliance training done and waited until New Year's holiday to get it done. Karen, I'm calling to complain about your website. Me, assuming she's wondering why it's down. Oh, all right. Karen, I took 12 hours to do the five-hour ethics course for Florida and I couldn't finish it. It kept giving me 62%. I even had the book open and everything. Me, Well, if you had the exam open for more than a couple hours, it's likely you were timed out. It often happens if taking over wireless. Our new website, which will be up this week, won't have that kind of issue. Karen. Well, this won't help me. I needed this class done by the end of the year, and now I'm looking at more fees from the state. Me. Wait, didn't you have two years to take this course? We gave everyone four or five emails explaining how the website would be down and what to expect, etc. On top of that, Florida is a closed book exam state. You shouldn't have had the book and exam open at the same time. The website makes them sign something saying they didn't. Karen. That doesn't help. We're, people in her industry, are doing everything we can to stay compliant and keep up our licenses. Me. Ma'am, doing everything you can would mean taking your continuing education early, at least six months prior to the due date. What you've done is waited until the very last minute and try to cram it in over a holiday weekend. You can't expect us to take responsibility for you not being able to pass your exam on time when you don't take the time to do so. Karen. But that's not right. Your website shouldn't time people out. Me. That's correct. Our new website will not have the same kind of flaws that the old one had. Your complaints about the old website do not pertain to the new one. Karen. Well, I'm reporting you to the state anyway. (laughs) Too long didn't read. Lady tried to cram all of her mandatory training in last minute over a holiday weekend and was mad that no one was here to answer the phone when she couldn't pass and she missed her deadline. Yeah, I don't understand how people can procrastinate and then blame everybody else for their shortcomings. Oh yeah, and on top of that, you admitted that you cheated on the test. Congrats. And for our next story, New Year's Day pager call. We can't get into the building. I do consulting tech support, usually system admin type work, but in this business, you'll always be the IT guy, no matter what you put in your scope of service. One of my clients, despite having a revenue stream of over $5 million a year and around 40 employees, still won't invest in even an MSP. The owner either spends his time fixing IT issues, has one of his family do it, or expects employees to troubleshoot these problems. If all of those support options fail, the overflow usually comes to my cell phone. That's what happened at 8 a.m. on New Year's Day. New Year's Day around 9 a.m. The scene. The IT guy, me, was up late at a New Year's Eve party. 
outdoors, socially distanced, small, and responsible before the haters start chiming in here. And didn't get to bed until about 3 a.m. Although I'm technically not on call, some of my clients will treat me as such, so when I don't want to be bugged, I put my cell phone on silent, which is what happened before going to sleep. Around 9 a.m., I roll over and see my cell phone ringing. Don't think it much. Probably junk. Until then, I notice there are 10 missed calls and 3 voicemails. Surprised and hoping some tragedy had not befallen a friend last night, I check the calls. They're all from the business owner, and the same with the voicemails. I go ahead and listen to one. Voicemail. Hey, IT guy, I know it's the New Year's Day, but my company's open. Sure as employees love that fact. And we have lots of work to do. The first people to get to work, though, said that the parking lot gate wouldn't open and the front door card reader isn't responding. No one can get into the lot or the building. Nothing seems to be working. I went in through a window and the power appears to be on. Can't figure it out and really could use you if you could come in ASAP. Flashback to three years ago. Now let me rewind to about three years ago when I started working for this client. My first job was a few server upgrades. Simple stuff, but before getting into this, I always like to do a review of systems. The network closet was surprisingly organized, and I was able to trace back everything except one older box on the rack. It had an IP, but no documentation. Couldn't get into it any which way, and the owner's kid who was doing the IT stuff had no idea what it did. After doing about a day's worth of digging, we came up with some old manuals that suggested it was running all the building security systems. Card readers, parking lot gates, security cams, etc. And we finally got into it by hooking up a monitor, keyboard, and mouse. No network access available. The login was still the default, which was in the old manual. And if the attached receipt was to be believed, it was purchased in the late 90s. I did some hunting and it appeared to be connected to the internet and automatically updating. The last update ran a few years ago, but an internet search yielded very little on the brand name, model, etc. Other than some random discussion board conversations. Not wanting to go down a black hole, my inquiry ended there and I made the recommendation to the owner to think about updating the system. It's a little foreshadowing here, but the email I got in response is paraphrased below. Owner. Hey, IT guy. All the scope of work was approved with this note. I don't want to do anything with the security system. I had it installed when we moved into the building, and as long as it's working, spending any money on it's going to be a waste of money. The solution I proposed was around $5,000. Fine. Then he decided to insert some unnecessary commentary. I understand this is how you guys make money, by selling unnecessary services, jacking up rates, and padding bills. I just want the service we talked about. Please restrict your work to approved scope. If any work beyond that is performed, I will not pay you for it. Okay, something in my head says to update the scope to include something in the notes. Not responsible for security system box with some identifying details. Agrees to hold harmless for any work that might impact this system. Any work performed on security system will be by separate agreement. Initial here. Owner signs updated scope of work and the job is booked. Back to present day. I'm tired, but figured might as well knock this out so I call the owner. Owner. Hey, IT guy. Thanks for calling back so soon. I got everyone in, but we have to leave the door hanging open and everyone is parked illegally on the street. My kid is out of town and I really need someone to look at this ASAP. Me, after going over some basic questions. Power on? Check. Internet working? Check. Etc. Okay, give me a few hours to get ready and head over there. It might be that old security system. You remember we talked about a few years ago? 
Sounds like if other things are working, it probably failed overnight. Owner. Uh, I don't remember anything about that, but whatever's wrong, we need it fixed ASAP. And, oh, how much is this going to cost me? Me. I'll do it on my usual emergency hourly rate according to our agreement, which is about twice my normal rate. Or if you prefer, I can come in Monday and it'll be the normal rate. Owner. Grumbling audibly before answering. That's fine. Just get here sometime this morning. Click. Noon, New Year's Day. I'm in the network closet after finding a spare monitor, keyboard, and mouse. I hook up to the security system box and nothing. It doesn't even sound like it's running. Toggle the power switch on it and nada. It's dead. I go back to my notes and look up the name of the company that manufactured the system, finding an old news article about how they went bankrupt in 2010. Links to any supporter all did. Searches come up with a few older discussion threads on how similar devices have failed, asking for help. Most useful response is, the company is closed. Support ended in 2016. And only way to keep it running was to find used components and perform a lot of DIY. Owner, red-faced, obviously angry at dealing with angry employees and appearing hungover. So were you able to get it up and running? Me. No, the device is dead. It won't power on. Then I go on to explain the specifics to a very impatient owner. Owner. That is unacceptable. I need this up and running now. Can you restore a backup or something? Me. <laughs> it's some kind of proprietary hardware, so even if I had a backup, I would need a similar device to restore it to, and those aren't available commercially since the company is no longer in business. I could look at getting one online via eBay, but there's no guarantee that it'll even work. Owner. Getting visibly annoyed and increasingly angry at the situation. What do you mean? What am I going to do? I can't leave my front door open and the local cops are going to start ticketing my employees. My contracts require me to have these security features in place or I'm supposed to close. And if one of their auditors hears I'm open with this system down, it'll cost me big time. The downside of being a jerk boss is your employees have little incentive not to be a whistleblower. For brevity, turns out the kind of work the owner does for his clients is highly sensitive and they take security seriously. He shouldn't be open right now with these systems down, but he's taking a risk because of the holiday. Chances are real if someone blows the whistle, if he stays open with them down, that he could lose his whole contract or pay big fines. So a solution is necessary and time sensitive. After a few hours, I work up two solutions while continuing to charge my emergency rate. Keep in mind, we're right up against the weekend and it's New Year's Day in the late afternoon. Option 1. I tracked down a used device about a six-hour drive away. The guy selling it actually responded to me, and it's available for in-person pickup if I have cash. The box itself is several thousand dollars. Drive with reasonable stops is going to be 14 to 16 hours, and then probably another 5 to 10 to see if I can even get it up and running. My quote for this is $30,000, non-negotiable. Oof. 10-hour max on trying new box. Hourly rate after that. I'm doing the drive as part of the job, full rate, because I want to make sure it works before purchase, and see if that tech has any inside knowledge on the system. Yes, I inflated my rate, but it's all weekend, emergency work, and the owner has annoyed me to no end. Option 2. A friend who does security systems comes in to scope the job for a new system. At overtime rates, he can rip out the old system and completely replace it with a new one that weekend. It means new everything, the old stuff is old and not compatible with any newer system. 
Also, we'd have to redo all the cabling, set up, migrate to new cards, and perform a bunch of admin work. It'll take him and his crew all weekend, but he has the hardware in stock and get it all done. Bill will be about a hundred grand for everything, including me helping at a nice rate and a little commission for the job. I present both options to the owner without recommendation, knowing he isn't going to pay attention to that anyhow. The decision. To my surprise, he is visibly agitated at the price tag for either option, and after trying to negotiate to which he finds both prices are firm, if he wants normal rates, his job goes into the same queue as the other work and gets done mid-month. Owner, let's do the second option. I can't risk this not working on Monday. I'll be on site all weekend in case you need anything and to make sure the job is done right. Too long didn't read. Jerk of a business owner ignores advice of IT consultant when it comes to old discontinued hardware that runs essential systems for the building. Thinking he's smart and saving money by avoiding being fleeced by a consultant who proposes unnecessary work. A few years later, that system fails and the emergency fix costs him about 20 times more than the original solution. And for the curious, I'm going to make a lot of money off his incompetence, so it'll be a happy new year for at least me and my friend. Good for you, OP. Again, people don't listen. They think you're just trying to rip them off and, like you said, propose unnecessary things when, in reality... They're working on borrowed time with junk equipment. It happens. Now he's going to pay for it. And for our next story. Subject line and support ticket says, Reading. I'm a computer tech for a public school system. It's a brand new campus with mostly new staff, so getting everyone to use our ticketing system was a chore in and of itself, and is still an ongoing effort. A short while ago, I got a ticket from a teacher, and I honestly don't even remember the issue. This particular teacher gets on my nerves because he rarely submits a ticket versus texting or reaching out on Teams, but when he does submit a ticket, the description is always super vague. Computer don't work, kind of vague. Then when I respond asking for more details about the issue, the guy ghosts me weeks until I close his ticket. Anyway, I get one such vague ticket from this guy and the subject says reading. Then the description says something like computer don't work. I pause and try to make a connection between the issue and the description, and the subject, but I can't figure out what he means. I let it go and just show up to the guy's classroom and deal with whatever the issue was, and don't give it another thought. Then a week or so later, I get another reading ticket from the same guy. This time it's a Wi-Fi issue or something. Again, I'm confused about the subject line. Is the Wi-Fi affecting his ability to read something? I don't know. Again, I let it go. Then a few days later, I get a ticket from a different teacher with the subject of math. <laughs> right then it hit me like a ton of bricks. These teachers think I care what subject they teach when they submit a help desk ticket, like somehow the subject they teach has an impact on their IT issue. <laughs> I busted out laughing right then because it was so obvious now what they meant. I couldn't believe I didn't catch on sooner. And the fact that this seemed logical to the teachers is all too much. I can't get a clear description about their IT issue, but I'm damn sure going to know what subject they teach. Yeah, it's amazing. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Listen, I love all you higher educated people. I really do. Academics, love you from the bottom of my heart. But some of y'all shouldn't be allowed to cross the street without somebody holding your hand. You might be smart in your subject and your area of expertise, but some of you guys, that's it. That's as far as it goes. It's a wonder you can figure out how to dress yourself in the morning. Oh well. And no, I'm not bashing all academics, so don't go there. And for our next story. 
my coworker owes me something with lots of alcohol in it. I'll start this off by saying that I'm a security guard. I'm not tech support. I don't have a fancy degree. I actually don't have a degree at all. And I get paid just over minimum wage to do this job. It's 0430 hours and I'm wide awake even though I'm off for the holidays. Curse of being a graveyard shifts worker. My coworker calls me up. Coworker. Hey OP, come quickly. The security feed has gone down at work and we've tried everything to get it back up and nothing's working. Me, have you tried turning it off and then on again? Unplugging it, then plugging it in? Coworker. Yes, yes, we tried everything. Me. Okay, I'll be there shortly. I live two blocks from work, and I am not calling the building manager at five in the morning for something like this, especially if it turns out to be something simple. So I throw on a comfy hoodie over my pajamas and go into work. The first thing I see when I come in is that the main security screen is blank, but the secondary one is working. Right away I know the problem. I reach under the monitor and hit the power button. Boom, it turns on and everything is fine. Coworker can't believe what happened. Me. Coworker, you owe me big time for this. Coworker, happy holidays. I get it. I've worked those positions before, very similar to yours. And I'll be darned if for that rate of pay, I would be getting my butt out of bed, even if I was already awake, and going two blocks to try and fix a situation that has nothing to do with me. It's not my job. I won't get any praise for it. I won't get any extra pay. And most likely, I'll still be abused as a near-minimum-wage employee, even when it's all said and done. No good deed goes unpunished. It's cliche, but it's true. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.